stand up. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I just can't help it. But may the church say amen. amen. Shall we do it again? Let you stand up this time. How y'all not stand up on that? All my sins are forgiven. That ought to just, I, I should make Baptist shout too. Whew. Man, maybe your hope's in something else. I don't know. I can't even find my spot. Where are we? Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4. I'm turning like I don't know. Ephesians chapter 4. Man, praise the Lord. Ephesians chapter 4. The title of the message, Going, Know Your Role. Know your role. If we're going to be a, a going church, uh, we must know the role that we play as a member of the body of Christ. Uh, as uh, individual members of this whole body, uh, we, we believe, and it's very true in the Scriptures, that you must know what is your role in this body. It's just like your physical body. Uh, the hand, the, the right hand, needs to know the role of the right hand. It is not to do what the left foot is supposed to do or what the right eye is supposed to do, but the right hand is supposed to do what the right hand is created to do. And if that is not happening, then your physical body will not operate correctly. Uh, if you had two left feet, which some people are claimed to have two left feet, well, you would stumble and struggle and fall a lot. Well, that is a picture of a lot of our churches today. There are members of the body who are not operating correctly. They're not operating under the role in which God has tasked them and, and skilled them to do. And so if we're going to be a going church and we want to be effective in going and, and with the gospel and increasing the kingdom of God through the local church, well, we need to know what is our role in the church. We are a body of believers, one whole body. Christ is the head and you are the body. We are individual members. And so you have a specific task and talents that God has given you. You have a specific role in this body. You know why I know that? Because if you did not, you wouldn't be here. You wouldn't be in this church. You'd be somewhere else, uh, or you wouldn't be here at all. And so the fact that you are here and you are a member of this church, that means you have a role to play in the life of East Aboga Baptist Church. And if you're a guest with us, if you're new to East Aboga and you're not a member, but you are praying about that and the Lord is leading you possibly to become a member of East Aboga Baptist Church. Well, I will tell you just like I tell everyone else who has interest in becoming a member. If God is leading you to join East Aboga in membership then that means you have a specific talent or task or gift that we need. Whatever that is, obviously we need whatever gifts that you have to give, the talents that you have to give. I don't know what those are, and maybe you don't either, but God knows. And so if God is leading you to membership of this church, he obviously sees an area that we're lacking in that you can come on board and help fill that area. Uh, and so we need to know our role. And so as we look in Ephesians chapter 4, we will see five different roles of the local church. And, and you will begin to hopefully figure out which one of these you would fit into. So let's read it together. Ephesians chapter 4, 
We will read verses 11, 12, and 13. And so if you have found your place, if you'll stand with me, if you're able to, stand with me as we read the Scriptures together. Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 11. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, equipping the saints for the work of ministry to build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's Son, growing into maturity with a stature measured by Christ's fullness. Let's pray together. Father, we are thankful that all of our hope is in Jesus. And God, I pray that every person in this room, or those that are on campus, or those listening online, that their hope is placed in Jesus. And Father, if it is not, I pray that today we would surrender our hope to you and surrender our lives to you. Father, help us do that. God, help us to know our role, what role you have us to play in the body of believers in this local church. And God, help us to have great ministry and missions within the church. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. Well, within these couple of verses, we see five different roles that uh, are in play in the local church, in the body of believers that we would say at East Tobago Baptist Church. And so I want to go over these five. Now, I don't want to spend a lot of time on each one of these. I, I realize that all five of these could be its own sermon and, and possibly could be its own sermon series. But we're just going to spend just a moment or two on each one of them, try to share with you a definition of each one, and you have it in your worship guide where you can write just a small definition of all five of these. Uh, and so let's look at these that Paul, talking to the church at Ephesus, gives these five roles uh, within the church and, uh, and here, here's the thing, as we look through these, you may say, well, that's the one I'm good at. That is my role in the church. Uh, and uh, you may say, well, that's, I'm, I'm good at that one. But let me caution you on doing something, and this is uh, a fear that uh, maybe a lot of people would do. That is, you'll see one of these and go, well, I'm, I'm more that one, and so you'll for, you will forget and kind of neglect the other four. Let me, let me say this, when Paul points out these five roles in the church, this is not just you pick one and God gave you just one of those and you just forget about the rest of them. No, these are what we call primary gifts, okay? So if out of, out of these five you say, well, just say for me example, I would say pastor is probably my number one out of all of these, pastor. Well, it doesn't mean I neglect the other four. It just means the role of pastor is my primary role. It's a primary. The other ones would be considered my secondary roles. So it doesn't mean we neglect them. It doesn't mean we forget about them. It just means I have a primary, and then I have some secondaries. I need to work on them. I need to still serve the church in all five areas. Uh, but you're going to realize you're probably better at one or two than the other. But, but let me caution you on forgetting about the rest, uh, and, and I'll give you a reason for that just a little bit later. But let's look at all five of those. He says, and he himself gave some to be Apostles. This word apostle, the definition could be one who is sent out. Uh, one who is sent out. Someone who 
uh, is the function would be going out and maybe like a, a pioneer who is going out taking new ground. You're, you're always looking for something new. They would be a, the, the 12 disciples or Paul or Priscilla and Aquila. Uh, the apostle would have a missionary mindset. You have no problem going on mission trips. You have no problem going up to new people. You have no problem, um, you know, being sent out, going to the soup kitchen, going here or going there. You have no problem doing that. That is not an issue for you. Now, let me say this up front. We don't really use these terms any much, uh, any much, anymore, uh, much anymore. Uh, You understand any much. Uh, We don't use them any much, but uh, I'm going to quit saying it. Um, And uh, we're we're not going to post this one. Uh, Matt, Matt, Matt's in here. I, we got this new camera. He's trying it out. Want to post all of our messages online? And, and anyway, I, I, we're gonna shut this one down. But um, I said, you really want to do this? Uh, this may not work well for us as a church. Uh, but we don't use these terms that often. But the role of these terms, the role of these people, we have those gifts uh, in us. And so the apostle is just somebody who's sent out. You're available, somebody that can be sent out to go uh, do a specific task. You have a missionary mindset. That's an apostle. A prophet is one who listens, someone who listens and then calls uh, the function would be hearing from God. The, maybe a description would be calling others to hear and obey what God says. That's what a prophet was. When you look in the Bible, a prophet was someone that they heard directly from God and they explained that to others or they shared that with others. They heard from God and they called others to hear from God and obey what God says. You go to the uh, Old Testament, you have minor prophets and major prophets And that's what they were doing. They were hearing from God, and they were calling others to hear from God as well and obey what he says. This is a word mindset. Uh, You have many um, examples in the Scriptures throughout Luke and the book of Acts of people, even in the New Testament, who were kind of modern-day prophets. They heard from God, and then they called people to hear from God but obey God. Now, we're not going to call you a prophet, per se. And, and we're not out trying to hear some new revelation from God. God's already given us everything we need in the Scriptures. Amen. And so if there's someone out there, number one, if they call themselves a prophet, you, your radar should go off. Like, uh, something's wrong with this. They're calling themselves a prophet. Well, and if they were to say, well, I've got a new word from the Lord, you will say, well, that cautions me too because there is no new word from the Lord. We have everything in this book. It may be new to you because you hadn't read this book, but there's no new word from God because he's given us everything we need to know him and to make him known in the scriptures. And so I, I've had people say, well, I've got a, I've got a new word from God. I'm so well, I don't want to hear it. I'm out. You can share it with someone. I just don't want to hear it. I, God's given me what I need in the Bible. And so that's not when, when, when the New Testament says son to be prophet. It doesn't mean God has gifted you, that you have a, a specific ear of God and, and that your ear can hear God directly and he's given you new information. If God has given you new information, please write it down. I mean, we, you know, God's given us a second canon, a second Bible, and I, that's just not going to happen. 
but a modern day would be someone that just hears from God, from the Scriptures, and you call other people to do the same. Hear from the Lord and obey the Scriptures, okay? That's what a prophet was. So some to be apostle, some to be prophet, some to be evangelist. An evangelist is just a bearer of good news, someone who brings good news. you uh, sharing blessing, you're a pioneer, convincing others of what uh, they are to be fully convinced of. You have a persuasive mindset. Many people in this room, you work in sales. That's what you do. That's what you do for a living. You work in sales. You would be an evangelist. You have a persuasive mindset. Uh, you can sell things. You're good at it. You have a, a great way of presenting things that people would go, I could use that. Uh, whatever that product you're selling, I, I, could, I could use that. I'm not good at that. Mike Snyder's not good at that. Mike Snyder, I, I'm more of, hey, do you want this or not? No? Okay. I'll move on to someone. Do you need this? No? Okay. okay. I would be, I mean, my family would starve to death if it, if it depended on me being a salesman. I'm just not good at it. Now, other people are really good at it. They're really, you could sell ice to an Eskimo. You're really good you just sell things. You just present things in such a way that people go, I do need that. I have four of them, but I could use another one. You know, you just have a way of doing that. And, and hey, praise God for that. You have a persuasive mindset. You have a way of presenting things. Your gift may be, your role may be evangelist. You may have never thought of it like that, but God has given you the ability to present things and for people to receive what you're presenting. And you may never thought, well, I could take that gift that I have at work and bring that into the spiritual world to share the gospel. And God's given you that role and that task. Um, so uh, an evangelist. The fourth one is a pastor. A pastor is a shepherd who leads and cares for a flock, someone who uh, takes care of people and helps them grow towards spiritual fulfillment. You have a caring mindset. Barnabas would be uh, um, a pastor. And, and I know we can use the term pastor, elder, bishop in the, in the Greek term, and, and I would be considered a pastor, and not, not everybody is per se a pastor. But the role of a pastor, a lot of people have that heart. A lot of people have the heart of caring and leading a flock. Some people are just good at leading people, and some are not, and that's okay. If you're not good at leading people, that's okay. That's not your primary. That may be your secondary. It's kind of my primary. Somehow, all through life, I have always found myself in the front somewhere. When I was a junior in high school, uh, I found myself, I, I got into SGA, things like that, because I thought it'd get me out of class, okay? Uh, just, just to be honest with you, I just thought, well, this will get me out of class. What I found out was they really didn't a whole lot, but what did was the yearbook staff. I, I got on yearbook staff just because I could get out of class at any time, and uh, I made my own hall pass. And they said, well, do you have a hall pass? Oh, yeah, it's um, yearbook staff. And they would go, I didn't know y'all had hall passes. Well, I do. Yeah, I got one. I, I, my mom made it for me. And that's, I'm not saying that's a good thing, kids. Y'all shouldn't do that. I'm just saying, I, I mean, I'm, parents are like, please be quiet. But go serve on, you know, on the yearbook staff. It was a wonderful experience. Um, we used to say all the time, hey, we got to go sell some ads. Got to go to Oxford. And uh, we never sold many ads uh, because they, you know, 
we always went to eat lunch somewhere, and they didn't want to buy any. But when I was a junior in high school, I found myself um, running for a, a position in the state of Alabama as president of the state of Alabama SGA, or student council, student, student government, whatever you want to call it. And I thought, what am I doing? I, I don't, and I ended up winning the thing. And I, was the, I represented all of the state of Alabama as the president of the stu- SGA of Alabama. They sent me to California to represent you. I had never been on an airplane. They sent this guy from Munford, Alabama, and they put you in host homes. I was in a host home with some folks that barely spoke English. You have to take your shoes off at the door. You can't wear shoes inside. They didn't drink. They didn't have sweet tea. They had hot tea, and they'll take a sugar cube and put it in the side of their mouth. I said, now I'm familiar with, you know, things in the side of your mouth, but not sugar. I didn't do it. I just know friends of mine did. It was just an experience, you know. I had to give a speech in front of about 4,000 people as a senior in high school. And people always say, does that ever bother you? I said, well, no, it's never bothered me. Being in front of a crowd has never bothered me. I don't get embarrassed easy, so that don't bother me. And so I, I've always kind of known I'll be in some type of position where I'll be leading. And I'm, I'm not saying I'm good at it, and you can amen that later under your breath, but I'm not saying I'm good. I'm just saying I always find myself out front somehow. I'm just not a kind of sit and you tell me what to do person. I just, I just, I'm always, and that, that's just kind of my primary. But it may not be yours. But listen, we're always leading people. And that's what a pastor does. And, and a pastor cares for people. And you may be in here going, you, maybe at work, you're a supervisor or you have employees under you. Guess what? You are pastoring them. You're shepherding those people. Maybe not in the same role I am as a calling on your life, but you are caring and leading people. And so what what we are to do inside and outside the church is to take that role of caring and leading people that God has gifted you to do and do that in the church and outside of the church. And the last one is teaching. Teaching, one who holds truth out for others, somebody who uh, enjoys to study and research and help help people understand the Word. This is a, a teaching mindset. We have a lot of teachers in our church. Uh, we have a lot of administrators in our church. And, and I would say this, and, and I, have, I have no hesitation uh, with total humility, and I, I'm not bothered at all by making this statement. There are people in our church who are much better Sunday school teachers than I am. And, and I don't mind saying that. We have Sunday school teachers in our church that are phenomenal Sunday school teachers. They do it so well. They study well. They research well. They present well. They do all of that well. And, and I don't mind saying teaching is not a primary for me. It is a secondary, but it's not a primary. But there are people in this room, teaching is your primary. You're good at it. You're really good at taking a bunch of information and presenting it in such a way that people can understand it. And praise God for that. And you have that task and that talent and that role. And so you ask, well, why is Paul sharing this with the church at Ephesus, that some to be apostles and prophets and evangelists, some pastors and teachers, equipping the saints for the work of ministry? Why is Paul sharing this? I want to give you Three reasons, and then one at the end. The first one is to build up the body of Christ. 
Why is it important for you and I to know our role within the body of Christ? One is so that we can build up the body of Christ. And that's what he says, to build up the body of Christ. A healthy, going church is one who is built up and knows their role. In order for us to be a healthy church, in order for us to be a church that is going, we're moving, we're going, and we are obeying the Scriptures to go and make disciples of all nations, to be witnesses for the gospel, in order for us to be effective in obeying the commands of God, we must be effective in our role as a part of the body, meaning the hand needs to know what the hand is supposed to be doing a part of the body. Because if the right hand doesn't know what it's supposed to do, the rest of the body is going to suffer because the hand is being lazy and the hand is just trying to show up and do nothing. And so the importance Paul is saying for the church to know its role and for every, all of us members of the church, for you to know your role, the important reason is so that the church itself can be built up. So we can grow stronger, grow stronger spiritually, numerically, so we can be more effective and push back darkness in our community. And if we have a group of people that are showing up to church, they don't know their role, they're not a part of any kind of ministry, not helping at all, then we're not going to be effective in being a gospel-centered, going church. So one great reason is so that the body of Christ is built up, so that we can be strong, So we can have a strong foundation. We can press forward and press back darkness around us. And you and I know there is much darkness around us. And listen, too many churches, we are not going. We're not being built up. And the reason for that is, is that we have a bunch of people in our pews who do not know their role as a member and they just think their role as a member is just to show up and look pretty and go home. And that's it. And that is totally unbiblical. God has not given anyone a pass on using their gifts and talents to help build up the body of Christ. And so if anyone in here, including myself, if we're not using these roles, these five roles, these primary and secondary roles, if we're not using those to build up the body of Christ, God has not given us a pass not to. So we must be engaged in using them. The second reason for unity in the faith. Unity in the faith. He says, verse 12, equipping the saints for the work of ministry to build up the body of Christ. For how long? How long are you to be serving? How long are you to be engaged in your ministry? How long are you to be exercising your primary and secondary roles as a church member? Until, verse 13, until we all reach unity in the faith. Have we reached unity in the faith yet? No. Will we ever reach unity in the faith, all unity in the faith? No. Until we go to heaven, we will. But until then, we must continue to strive and press forward to use the roles, the talents and gifts God has put in our heart and our life so that we can build up the body of Christ. So no one has an opportunity to say, well, I've served in the church for 40 years. I'm going to sit back and let the young people do it. Nobody has a pass to say that. And you may be saying, well, I've been in this church and I've served it for 80 years. And you know what I say to that? Thank you. Thank you. You have served the Lord through the body of believers for 70 years. Thank you. Praise God for that. 
Now let's continue serving. Why? Until we reach unity in the faith. Because God has not given anyone a pass that they should not be serving in ministry, serving in the local church. A unified church is a going church. I've said this before. The devil does, uh, is not afraid of a large church and a growing church. The devil is afraid of a unified church. And if we can be a church that is in unity with one another, that every one of us, we know our role, we know our primary gifts, we know our secondary gifts, and we're engaging all five of those in the local church, in this church, then we will all grow in unity in the faith, and not only that, and in the knowledge of God's Son, growing in maturity. If we will do that, we'll be a church that's unified together. We will be pushing back more and more darkness. We will be growing in maturity, growing in spirituality, growing in grace and knowledge of who God is, and growing numerically. So that one day, maybe, just maybe, we will entertain the thought of a third service or building a brand new huge sanctuary because we don't have enough room. But we must be engaged in those roles into unity of the faith. No one, no Christian gets a pass on not serving. Listen, East Aboga has some of the most amazing senior adults. God has blessed this church not only with senior adults, but God has blessed this church with senior adults that serve. You look on our nursery, you look at those that are serving on Wednesdays and Sundays, those that are teaching. You look at when we have fundraiser things like the Boston Butt Sale. Look at those that help with children's ministry, with youth ministry. It, it is just flooded with senior adults. Praise God for that. Thank you, senior saints, for paving the way and showing us young people how to serve in the church and how important it is for us to serve in the local body of believers. But let me tell you this. Don't stop. Don't give up. Finish well. Have, uh, have faith and continue to serve the Lord in whatever capacity he allows you to do. The third one is we are to be measured by Christ's fullness. We are to be measured by Christ's fullness. See, the danger is that we would find our primary role and say, well, I'm better at teaching, so I'm, I'm going to leave the pastoring, the caring, the evangelizing, the sharing of God's Word, through all that. I'm going to leave that to everybody else. I'm just going to teach Sunday school. That's all I'm going to do. Well, you don't have a pass to do that. God's not giving you a pass to be able to do that. And the danger is for us to find our primary role and forget about the rest of them. Well, Paul knew that people would take that route. Paul knew that people would go, well, I'm just going to pick one and do that one. That's all I'm going to do. I'm not going to do all these. I'm just going to pick one and do. And that's why Paul mentioned in verse 13, until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of God's Son, growing in a maturity with a stature measured by Christ's fullness. Can I ask you this? Did Jesus in his ministry, did he just pick one primary role and play that role out in his life and ministry? No. Jesus was perfect in all five of them. And he used all five of those roles in the life of his ministry to disciple, to evangelize, to build the church, to build the kingdom of God. And so it's for you and for me, we are to, the goal is Christ. He's the unifying factor. 
And for us to say that we should only focus on one of them, Paul reminds us of who we are to be measured by and who we are to attempt to mimic in our ministries and how we serve in the local church. That not only should we just focus on one primary, but we should focus on all five areas of our ministry of our life. That Jesus was good at all five of them. And if we're going to be Christ-like, then we need to focus our efforts to be good at all five of those areas. Are you going to be great in all of them? No. Because you don't have, you, some of your talents and gifts are geared more to probably one or two. But it doesn't mean we neglect the rest. We strive to be better at all of them. Uh, one of the things that we teach in our membership class is that every member of this church is a 10 in some area. 10 meaning you're the best at it. One meaning you're terrible. We teach that every member of this church, you're a 10 at something. And we need to find out what that something is. And you need to use that 10 in whatever area that is. And you need to serve the local church, serve the Lord by serving the local church in whatever area that is. And so whatever role, and I, I guarantee you whatever that is falls into one of those five things that we just mentioned. And so whatever area that you're really good at, then you need to use those talents to serve the Lord through the local church. Some may say, well, preacher, I'm just not good at any of them. I'm not good at any of that. I'm not, I'm not good at uh, going, being sent out. I don't, I don't really care to go out and be sent out to serve anywhere and go on a mission trip. I, I, don't, I don't really find great pleasure in, you know, uh, listening to God and calling other people to listen to God and obey God. I don't, I'm not really good at that. I'm not good at uh, being persuasive, convincing others of the gospel. I'm not good at evangelizing. I'm, just, I'm not good at shepherding people or caring for people or uh, helping people grow to spiritual fulfillment. I'm just not good at that. Let me say, I, I, don't, I don't care about teaching I don't want to be in front of a crowd. I don't, I don't care about researching and studying to help people understand the Scripture. I'm not good at any of those. And let me tell you something. For you to think that, the devil has deceived you. Satan has deceived you into thinking that you, uh, you are of no value to God's church at East Tobago Baptist Church. And I'm, I'm here to tell you, don't believe the lie. You are good at something. You are good in some area of your life because God created you. What's the old saying? God does not create trash. And you are good at something. And so some people say, well, what if I'm not good at anything? Or what if you don't feel like you're good at any of these or just maybe one of them? Well, Paul knew that some people in the church would say that. Well, I'm not good at any of them, so that's why I just come to church and I go home and I don't do anything. I don't serve anywhere and I'm not involved in anything. I just come and go home. Paul knew people would say that. And I think God knew that we would have that heart sometime and that would be an excuse for us not to serve. But look up at verse 7. In Ephesians 4, verse 7. Now grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Now grace was given to each one of us, meaning you, the Christian, the believer, the member of this church. Now, grace was given to you according to the measure of Christ's fullness. You know what this means? All of us have been given the grace, the gift of grace, which certainly comes in handy when we do things we're not very gifted at. There are things that I do 
within this church that I'm not the best at. I know that. I know my gifts. I know my talents. I know my strengths. I certainly know my weaknesses. And there are things that, uh, as a believer, as a member of the church, that I'm involved in, that I help out with, that I'm not the best at. But you know what's so great? That in those times and those areas that I know I'm lacking in, that, um, that I have a weakness in, I know that in those moments, Christ is ministering to me through the gift of grace. And that though I'm not very good at them, Christ in me is. And that though I may not be very good at teaching or very good at evangelizing or, uh, or pastoring, I may not be good at any of those, but you know who is? Christ and the gift of grace that he has in my life. And I may not be the best at it, but you know what? I'll give it my best shot. And the gift of grace is ministering to us, and Christ is always ministering to you and to me when we are not good enough. Christ is always there to minister to you when you feel like you're not good enough. Listen, there are areas in your life that you're not very good at. And you know what? That's okay. That's okay. You have strengths and you have weaknesses. Listen, in your strengths, honor the Lord and serve him well in your strengths. Depend on him. And in your weaknesses, honor the Lord, serve the Lord, and depend on him in your weaknesses. And in both areas, boast only in him. You may not be good in certain areas, but God has given you the gift of grace. That though you may not be great at it, grace overwhelms you and overflows in your heart and Christ is ministering to you. I want to ask you a question at the very bottom of your worship guide. I want you to write this down. Ministry is done inside the church. Ministry is done inside the church. Now, when you fill in this last blank, don't pack up on me, okay? Because you're going to have to write something else down that's not in your worship guide. Ministry is done inside the church. Missions is done outside the church. Okay, I want, you, I want us to understand these two concepts. Ministry is done inside the church. It's not just the walls of the church, but the, the body of believers. Ministry is done inside the church. Missions is done outside the church. It's what we do outside of our gatherings, okay? Ministry is inside the gatherings. Missions is outside the gathering. So I want to ask you this question. What is your ministry? Write that down in your worship guide, wherever you have. Say, what is my ministry? And you may want to add inside the church because ministry is done inside the church. Ask the question, write it down. What is my ministry? And I really want you to think about that. I really want you to pray about that. And you may can have, there's some people in here, hey, you could have a list of things that you're doing inside the church. And you know what I say? Praise God for that. Man, thank you for serving like you do. And I know you're not boasting in that. You only boast in the Lord. But there are others in here out beside what is my ministry in the church. You might not could write anything. What? What can you write out beside that? What is my ministry inside? How am I using these roles, these five roles, these talents and gifts? How can I use these in a ministry within the church? Let me ask you this. If you put what is my ministry within the church and you can't put anything, out beside that I'm going to tell you something to put. You ready? Put why. <laughs> why or why not? 
do you have a ministry in the church? Why or why not? You remember in class you had to answer those questions? You know, you had to have discussion, why or why not? I always hated that. I don't know how much you want from me. Do you want a sentence or a paragraph? Why or why not? Because. That's never good enough because. I don't think that's good enough when it comes to the Lord. Why not? Just because. What is your ministry within this church? Do you have a ministry within this church? If you don't, why not? I could tell you this. If a part of your body, your physical body, is not functioning properly, that means that part of your body is not, has no ministry within your body. It's not, it is not, um, uh, it's not aiding in the work of the rest of your body. What, what would you do to that part of your body? You'd be pretty upset about it, wouldn't you? And the rest of your body is going to suffer because that one part is not doing their, their role. They're not doing their part. Many of us in here, you deal with physical ailments. Some people in here, you have chronic pain that you deal with all the time. I feel your heart. And when those parts of your body is not functioning correctly, guess what? The rest of your body suffers. Can I, ask, can I tell you this? And I'm, I'm going to be very upfront with the members of this church. If you're visiting a guest with us, this is just for the members of this church. If out beside, what is my ministry of this church? Now, you can't put uh, my personality. That's not a ministry in the church. Just showing up, that's not a ministry. If out beside, what is my ministry in this church, and you can't put anything, can I, can I be very upfront with us for just a moment as a faith family? You are hurting the rest of the body. You are causing pain within this body of believers. You are holding us back. When we talk about a team, what do they say? You're only as strong as your weakest link. You're only as strong as the weakest person on your team. If the strength of this church was based off of your ministry in this church, how strong would we be? Are we a strong ministering church or not? If you don't have a ministry in this church, I would encourage you to figure out what is your role, what are you good at. And on the back of that welcome card, there's lots of areas to serve, a lot of areas to have ministry. Find one of those and, and jump into ministry. Call me, well, I'll help you out. But God has not called you to come to church and leave. Listen, you are hurting the body. We're trying to push back darkness, and we're having to drag you along with us. We want you to be a part of it. The second question, what is your mission? What is your mission? Missions is done outside of the church. What is your mission? Do you have? Ask, write this down. Do I have a mission outside of the church? Do I have a mission outside of the church? Meaning, are you using these five roles, these tasks, these gifts outside of the church, in your workplace, in the school, on your sports team, wherever you go to a restaurant, are you using these roles that talents God's given you to use as missions outside of the church? What is your mission? Can I tell you this? If we're going to be effective in going, not only is it important for us to have ministry in the church, it's, it's just equally important for us to have great missions outside of the church. When I say missions, I don't mean going on a mission trip, uh, us having some church-wide planned event. No. I mean you're going to work tomorrow, and you're using the role of you being evangelist, and you're persuading people they need Jesus. 
You're going to work tomorrow, and you have this gift, this role of shepherding and leading, and you're going to lead people over your lunch break. You're going to lead them in your testimony. You're going to lead people to the Lord. God has given you great talents. God never wastes people. He's not wasted anything on you. You have great talents and and gifts, and God wants you to use them. Listen, what is your ministry? Do you have a ministry in this church? If not, why not? And what kind of ministry can you have? What missions do you have outside the church? What is your mission? And let me remind us, although you may not have a ministry or a mission outside the church or inside the church, one thing you do have, praise God, is the gift of grace the gift of God's grace. And if you're a member of this church and you say, man, I have really slacked in ministering and being a part of a ministry of this church and, and, and Pastor Mike, and just from the scriptures, the Holy Spirit's convicted my heart and I need to be serving somewhere. Listen, don't hate on yourself. Don't get upset with yourself because you have the gift of grace. All you need to do is come before the Lord and say, Lord, forgive me. And the grace of God will come over you and forgive you of those sins, of sins of omission. And when you stand up from that prayer, you go and serve the Lord at some capacity in the ministry of this church. You say, well, I'm just too busy to serve. Hey, we're all too busy. Everybody's busy. Everybody's pouring themselves out for the world. Come pour yourself out for the church and find a way. What's those saying? People will do what they want to do. You'll do what you want to do. If you want to serve the church, guess what you'll do? You'll find a way to serve in the church. We find ways to go uh, to sporting events. We find ways to teach our kids to do things. We find ways to go uh, other places. Surely we can find a way to serve the Lord through the local church. Uh, Know your role. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for our time. Lord, I know this was not a big evangelistic sermon But, Lord, we are thankful for the gift of grace. And, Lord, I pray for any persons in this room that, Lord, they have no ministry because they don't know you. Listen, if you're in this room and and you say, Mike, uh, preacher, I I need Jesus in my life. I've never surrendered my heart to him. I've never asked forgiveness of my sins. Hey, this is your time. We never want to overlook our very pews. The greatest ministry that we could do is right now in this time of invitation that we are inviting you to come to Jesus. So if you don't know the Lord, come to know the Lord. You can do it right where you are. Say, Lord, I'm I'm a sinner. I'm separated from you. But God, I need Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would forgive me of my sins. And God, I trust in Jesus for my salvation. And Father, I pray that you would come into my life and transform my heart. God, I want to live for you for the rest of my days. Save me now. Hey, the Bible says that if you pray, prayer of repentance, God will save you. I'll be down front. Pastor John will be down front as well. We'd love to pray with you. Or maybe you're a church member. Maybe you're a faith follower. And maybe the Lord's just convicted your heart of ministry or lack of ministry or lack of missions. To be honest with you, every one of us ought to be convicted this morning, including myself. So I'm asking you to come and pray and say, Lord, forgive me.
where I have failed to be a minister and, and to be involved in missions outside the church and ministry inside the church. God, forgive me for that. And God, help me to serve you through the local church. Help me uh, not to be a hindrance to this church moving forward and pressing through darkness. Maybe you need to come and spend that time with the Lord. Or maybe you want to just join us with the rest of the Southern Baptist Convention as we're praying for this coronavirus, praying for those that are affected, praying for our government, all of our leaders, our administrators, and our, our, uh, our teachers. And maybe you just want to come and, and, and pray for those things. And, and, hey, we would invite you to do that. Father, we pray, Lord, that you would have your way in a mighty way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.